I was robbed in Venezuela, and it changed my life. Being resourceful saved and changed my life. The plane landed abruptly in Caracas, Venezuela, and the entire plane cheered. It was the year 2000, and I was a 20-year-old kid who received an externship to work at Banco Mercantil for three months. My classmate in Econ 101 was from one of the wealthiest families in Venezuela, and his father was on the board of the bank. He went to Ohio Wesleyan University, just as I did, and decided to give back by offering two paid externships. I was lucky enough to get the job. My ignorance of international travel became apparent when, weeks before, I sent an email to my classmate to pick me up at the airport. He never responded to the email, but I just thought he forgot to respond and would just pick me up anyway. As we departed the plane, the 90% humidity immediately drenched my clothes and took the breath right out of me. The night had fallen, and I made my way to the carousel to get my luggage. It was quiet, and I decided to go exchange my $20 USD for Venezuelan bolivares. I was handed a stack of a couple thousand bolivares, and I felt like I was the richest person on earth. Wow, for $20 USD I get all this? I thought to myself. As I made my way out the large glass doors to meet my driver, the silence turned into chaos. Over 100 people were screaming, holding signs, and trying to grab my bag. As I looked at the sea of faces, my heart started to race, and anxiety began to set in. Oh no, what if he is not here? What if I can't find him? I thought to myself. At that very moment, a gentleman grabbed my arm and asked, Can I help? Senor, what is your name? I said, Danny, I am looking for my friend Alfredo to pick me up. He replied, Tranquilo, go upstairs and look down. You will have a better view. I thought that was a good idea and said thank you and headed up the stairs with my backpack and rolling suitcase. Twenty minutes later, I still did not see my friend. The same gentleman came up from the side of me and said, You should go use the payphone to call your friend. As I headed over to the payphone and began to figure out how to make a call, another man came from the opposite side, wearing dirty jeans and a white t-shirt. Danny, I am with Alfredo and I will be taking you to your destination, he said. I thought for a second, and before I could do anything, he already grabbed my rolling luggage and began walking out towards the parking lot. After all, my classmate was from one of the richest families in Venezuela. I pictured a limo and a well-dressed man or woman with a driver's hat picking me up. Regardless, I walked next to him, and while walking, the other gentleman was now walking right next to my driver. Alarm bells were ringing in my head as time began to stand still. My heart was racing uncontrollably, and fight or flight began to kick in. As we continued to walk, the faces of complete strangers were talking to me with their eyes, saying, Be very, very careful. The next thing I knew, the trunk of a dark brown Chevy Nova with pitch-black tinted windows was open, and my luggage was set inside. I asked for some ID, and the driver took out his ID and was covering the face. I asked, Cuanta cuesta para Caracas? He said, Ochenta. 
And I said, great, vamonos. It was pitch black, hot and sweaty. They opened the rear passenger door and let me in. Both gentlemen were now in the front seat and speaking to each other 100 miles per hour. I couldn't understand what they were saying. As I looked around, I noticed that there was no handle for me to open the door or roll down the windows. It was like being in the back of a police car. I said, Hace calor. Can I roll down the windows? They laughed and said, La ventana pequeña. They wanted me to open the very small window which barely let in any air. I obliged and began to really worry. The streets were well engineered, but we had to go up through the mountains to get to the city. It was dark, and I couldn't see any of the city lights. As we continued to drive, I saw a wandering dog in the middle of the highway. The men continued to speak with each other, and before I knew it, the car hit the dog, and I looked through the back window to see that it was completely killed. My heart stopped. These two just killed a dog with absolutely no remorse. How many dogs or people have they killed before, I thought. I began to think of an escape plan if they tried to rob me, or worse, shoot me. As they were speaking, I slowly began to take the credit cards out of my wallet, and I put them in my sock. As minutes seemed like hours, I finally saw the lights of the city. We were getting closer and closer, and this gave me a little sigh of relief. I guess I would rather be shot in a city than in the middle of the forest. We were now in the heart of Caracas, and the car pulled over. I didn't know exactly where I was supposed to go, so they stopped on the side of the street. Prostitutes and crackheads littered the streets. At this time, it was around 11 p.m., but I felt safer there than I did in the car. They turned to me and said, We are here. Pay up. While in the back of the car, I proceeded to give them ochenta, eighty, bolivares. They both looked at each other and with a devilish laugh and voice said, No, motherfucker. 80 U.S. I said, I don't have 80 U.S. Look. And I showed them my empty wallet with the remaining converted $20 U.S. that I had. They said, We are going to the bank so you can pull out money. I said, I don't have any cards. Look. And I showed them the empty wallet again. The driver got out of the car and proceeded to the rear of the vehicle. He slowly opened the trunk of the car, and I could not see what he was grabbing. Great, he is going to blow my brains out right here with a shotgun he is grabbing from the trunk, I morbidly thought. The right back passenger door opened. He took my wallet and said, Leaf. My luggage was on the sidewalk. I grabbed it and began to walk down the street in hopes of finding the closest hotel, as I walked a few blocks, I saw a neon sign called Hotel, where the H was lit, the E was lit, and the L was lit. The remaining letters were dark, and I was walking into hell. The front reception reminded me of a Twilight episode where there was one creepy person manning the booth. I told him my story, and he said he couldn't help if I didn't have any money. I came clean and said I have a credit card and could get a room for the night. He said it would cost $200 U.S. for the night. At that moment, I didn't care. I just wanted a roof over my head for the night. He gave me a key and I went up to the second floor, which was on the top of a strip club with blaring music. As I was walking into the room and turned on the lights, 
numerous cockroaches ran back into their dark cracks and holes in the floor. The door was barely being held open, and I decided to grab a chair to barricade the door until morning. I watched black and white I Love Lucy episodes in Spanish until the sun rose. In the morning, I was able to call Alfredo, and he picked me up in his $90,000 car and took me to the largest skyscraper in Caracas, his dad's office. In the elevator, on our way up to the penthouse, a concierge asked me in perfect English if I wanted a Coke or a sandwich and apologized for my troubles. I declined and began to tell my story to the entire team in the office. They laughed and said I was very lucky. People have been kidnapped and robbed for a lot more money and even worse, death. I later became aware that I was in the most dangerous part of the city and the robbers were in cahoots with the hotel. My eyes are now very wide opened. Unfortunately, I no longer automatically trust every person I meet. Within the next few weeks, I was invited to be an observer for the Democratic Venezuelan election. I was booked and scheduled to observe the election process in a small town called Trujillo. The town was poor and full of Chavez supporters. I got a taxi and had to go to over 50 voting locations to ensure everything was going in a democratic process and the people were able to vote without being threatened. Out of the 50 or so locations I went to, I was only threatened by one guard who pointed a gun at my face and said I could not enter. I immediately left and wrote down what I saw and experienced. Later that day, Chavez was elected president, and that turned out to be the turning point of the fall of Venezuela. Resourcefulness is the ability to find quick and clever ways to overcome difficulties. My Venezuela experience was a lot like starting my companies. It was full of risk and the unknown, but I found creative ways to get through it. If you stay a bit ignorant of what is ahead and jump, the net seems to always appear.